What's up, Rad Dads, and welcome back to another episode of the Rad Dads podcast, hosted by the two raddest dads on the East Coast. Unfortunately, Rob can't join us tonight because he is sick, but we do have a special guest on, Jordan Toma. Jordan Toma is a motivational speaker, financial advisor, real estate investor, and the author of the book, I Am Just a Kid with an IEP. However, he was not always confident in his skills as he struggled with learning disability the first 18 years of his life. Jordan felt his disability placed the label of you're not as smart as everyone else. You can't do this. The idea and sense of failure carried into almost everything he did. After graduating in 2008, he was accepted into a life-changing program called STEP. It was because of the STEP program and his determination that he graduated college in a national honor society, Delta Alpha Pi. Jordan, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm pumped up. I'm excited. Talk a little bit before, but uh, and it's cool. You're from Jersey. I like doing podcasts. Yes. Jersey guys. Awesome. Uh, so, uh, can you tell a little more, a little bit more about yourself? Some some stuff I didn't cover. Yeah. So, um, so sixth grade was really kind of the first time I really started to notice. You know, I was struggling in school, and I remember because I was asked to read out loud. I remember the first time I was asked to read out loud, I just couldn't read like everyone else, and I would sit there and I'd stumble over words. Correct me. I would start sweating, and I wouldn't be able to finish the sentences, and it was just happened over and over and over again, but I really didn't understand what was going on. And then sixth grade, I started to, you know, kind of worry about the way other people saw me. I started to worry about, you know, the way that I felt in the classroom. And right off the bat, I just got stuck with terrible anxiety. But when you're young, you don't really know kind of what your, what your, you know, what your anxiety is really stemming from. I didn't really, I couldn't really figure it out, but I just had this terrible anxiety to see the school bus. I would I would sit there with my dad and my I have a twin brother and then I have a sister who's 16 months younger than us. So it's my twin brother and my sister. We'd all be on the same bus and I would sit there and every time I would see that school bus, I might, they would jump out of the car and go to the bus and I would just my heart would just start beating out of my chest and I would just start to cry and I would hold on to the seat and my dad would yell at me, tell me Jordan, you got to go to school and I just couldn't go. You know, and he was yelling, like, you got to go to school. You know, I just couldn't go. Get my breath together, calm down a little bit, just because the bus was going away, my anxiety would subside. So it was um. It started there and then, you know, my whole life I struggled. I struggled with everything. I struggled with school. I struggled with my confidence, my self-belief, but it all stemmed from how I felt in the classroom. You know, it all stemmed from from those moments, from not being a good reader, from just not feeling like everyone else in the classroom. I always wanted to feel like a normal kid and I just couldn't find my way like in the classroom. I was always in different classrooms and my whole life was just a complete struggle i failed out of um i actually i don't know if you're if you got new jersey guys uh, listening i actually went to seton hall prep i don't know if you know about seton hall prep it's a school oh wow yeah yeah and i, I failed out of seton hall prep oh get out of here yeah my freshman year so yeah that was a that was a tough trend that was a tough um moment i failed out of there my dad went there so my dad wanted me to at a rough time you know no one really there wasn't that much support there i was kind of just just lost and that was kind of like the icing on the cake you know i'm like you know, i just kept failing everything i when i failed out of that school i had to go back to public school when i went back to public school i literally just gave up on on my life at that point oh wow that's uh that 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 is tough man that is absolutely tough so your 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 book uh i'm just a kid with an iep what is an iep so if you if, if a teacher or you are as a parent Right. If you see your your son or your daughter that is struggling in school, maybe a teacher doesn't bring it to your attention. If you see it, you need to get your son or your daughter evaluated. Right. So you need to bring them to a a psychologist or the child study team at the school and they have to get evaluated. If they get evaluated, right, 
then they say, okay, maybe there's something going on here. And you want to make sure that your son or your daughter has the proper accommodations, right, that come with the individualized educational plan, which is an IEP. So in New Jersey, if you send a letter, you have to, you can get an attorney or you can write a letter yourself, like like you could write one for your daughter and you can fill it out and you can send it into the school. They have to get back to you legally within 20 days to start the process, whether it's an evaluation or just to start the process to see if you're going to qualify for the accommodations. When, you're, when your child is struggling. So those are some of the telltale signs uh, of, of uh, uh, your child with a disability is, is yeah, so, having a hard time in class and stuff like that. Yeah, I would say you would see like anxiety. Maybe the grades aren't doing as well. The reading levels may be low. You know, things that aren't just kind of clicking and they're clicking for everybody else. They're just maybe it takes them, you know, four or five, six, seven times to get it right. And everyone. And then you'll get some frustration because they're frustrated because they're not getting it. And you'll notice some things going on. And then that's when you need to start saying, all right, maybe, maybe, maybe they're struggling here. We gotta, we gotta get some support, right? Because um, they need the support. For example, you can have a test reader, right? So maybe with their reading comprehension for me, and my reading comprehension is really, really tough for me. So when I read something, I really don't understand it. But if someone reads it to me, I hear it clearer and I can kind of process it better. So I would have test readers and that really helped me. Or I would have, right my handwriting is really bad skills and i can't read my own handwriting it's still, still to this day but when i was in school i would have someone right you know they would write they would write their my notes for me i would still write my notes but i would have my notes emailed to me it was part of my iep so or extra time on a test so things like that so you you notice things that are going on and you want to get that support so maybe your maybe your future uh job position is is a doctor because i know doctors have horrible handwriting <laughs> I wouldn't trust me as their doctor, but that's what they used to tell me back in the day. I heard doctors are bad handwriting. You're going to be a doctor. I'm like, I don't know. I'd rather be an author. I can type it. So I just, I just want to clear the air it, because some, some parents may see um, an IEP as something bad or some right. parents or some dads may see um, that their child uh, struggling to learn is not necessarily a bad thing. Struggling to learn, I think, is a sign that your child processes things differently. Right. That your child thinks a different way than majority of the kids in their class. And, and, and I think some, some parents have, have a hard time um, accepting that, but I, I, I think parents should embrace it because right. it, it's, it's, it's a different way of thinking. Cause you know, school is very regiment, right? This is this, you know, math class. This is how you, this is how you figure out the problem. This is how you get the answer. Whereas that one person says, uh, I got the answer, but not the way you got it. Right. 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 That's right. Yeah. And a lot of times they, they, they think that, you know, they think that, Hey, my son's got an IEP. My daughter's got an IEP. My daughter's struggling, right? My son's struggling. I don't think my son's going to have a normal life. Like they, they worry about that. Like they will never be having this normal life because of how they're struggling in school and they don't have to worry about it. I don't want anyone to worry about that. That's why I started this because I believe that the students that are struggling have actually have an advantage over the kids that aren't struggling. Right. Because they're getting that support system that they need to get them to where they have to be. So, and, right. and what, what most parents I think don't know is that, School, our school systems, public school systems, are required to provide the support that the child needs. And if that child, if if that school district cannot provide that support, 
they they have to transport the child to a school district that can provide the support. Right, they have to. They have to do yes. it, and it's important. Yeah, they're, they're, they're and they don't mess around with it. They take it pretty serious. So when you when you have to, you know, they, when you when you ask support and you you can send that letter out there, they they will respond. You know, they have a team for that. Yeah, and, and it's all are the best for it. Yeah, and it's all about the student. They they they're looking to get that support. Um, they do an evaluation, I think, every three years, and that IEP does carry through up through. I think college, if I'm not mistaken, correct? Yeah. So when you go to college, it actually transfers over to a 504. So a 504, okay. you st- it's not a it's not a comp- you still get extra time on your test if you need it. So you do have those accommodations. And most colleges, like the smaller colleges, are really equipped with. Um, they have, like where I went, it was called Project Able, and they had a whole facility for students with 504s transitioning to college. So the support carries all the way through. Awesome. That, that's amazing. And I think that's important for, for parents to understand and know. So that, that's great. Yeah. So, Jordan. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be scared. No. That, but, you know, I can understand where where the, the fear comes from is because it could be a, a bit intimidating when you start seeing all the paperwork and everything you got to go through. And, uh, right. you know, when you got to get professionally uh, professional analysis and stuff like that. I can understand where that could come from. But. It definitely worth worth going through. Absolutely, 100%. Do you have any kids and what are their ages? Yeah, so I have a two-year-old named Reese. He's, he's actually going to be two and a half in August. And he's a wild man. But it's awesome. <laughs> it's fun. You know, he loves being crazy. But it's just like me when I was younger. But it's uh, it's the best. I love it. Apple, Apple it makes, doesn't fall. Makes work harder. No. <laughs> Good. Fall apart. No. That's great. Uh should should dads seek when getting a, a child an IEP? They should definitely, I think the first thing you should do, like as a dad, like for me, just to go back in time, I think that the first thing you should do is you got to accept it, right? Whatever it is, accept it, accept that they're struggling and that's okay. And then see, focus on more importantly, getting the, the accommodations is really important. So focus on getting the proper tools and the programs in place for your, and then make sure you focus the same amount of effort on their confidence and their self-belief because that, that's really what's going to take the hit, right? They're going to they're gonna get the accommodation. They're going to work hard, but they're going to struggle. And then they're going to notice that they're, they're working harder than everybody else, right? And everyone else is not going to need these accommodations. And that's where their self-esteem is going to come into play, right? And that's where you want to build them up. You want to continuously build them up and you want to remind them. Like you want to remind them of their strengths and their gifts, right? To really uncover your gifts outside of school. So it's kind of like this hard thing that you have to do. but And you got to explain that to them, you know, because – they won't know what they really can become and do if they don't get through this hard stuff now. And the accommodations have nothing to do with their success of their future, meaning just because they have accommodations, they're not going to be successful. Right. And, but they should know, the kids should know, hey, but this is the reason why I'm going to make it, right? And be proud of the accommodations. Be proud of that IEP. You know, that's why my shirt says I'm just here with an IEP. My struggle is my strength because it's the truth. And um, I used to think I was like at this disadvantage. And I didn't have like my dad, my dad really was always going to work. He wasn't really around like my mom it was my mom who was really involved. But, you know, for dads, I think, you know, to come in and say, hey, listen, you know, your struggle is your strength. You're going to do this. You know, it's it's empowering, you know, kind of the same way, like old school. He was kind of like, you know, my son doesn't have a problem. You know, he'll grow out of it, you know, and and that wasn't and that wasn't the case, you know, and I had my mom like fighting, you know, like <laughs> that's not true. Yeah. Old, old school, uh, old school dads, they're just wired to. uh you know, you fell down, all right, get up, uh, wash it off, and keep going. 
That's Dust it. yourself That's off it. and keep going. I, I noticed that you wear wear that you got that necklace all the time. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's a shift. Shift necklace. Yep. So what what is that? So the shift necklace. So I found this. Um. So last year, Memorial Day, I woke up with like anxiety, right? So I deal with anxiety my whole life, and it comes and goes. So you know, anxiety is really paralyzing, especially if you start letting it kind of take control of your life, you know. And it, it can get it can get bad. You know. I was feeling like I was stuck and I haven't felt like that in a while. I'm like, I got to figure this out. And I'm a type of person that likes to do like natural things. Like I like to go for runs. I like to ride my bike. I like to go for walks. Like I want to be able to beat it like myself. I don't want to. And I know medication is good at some point. Right. But I'm like, I got to get to a point where I got to be able to handle this because I don't want to rely on anything or anybody else. I want to rely on myself. So I started looking online. Like I need something. I was literally going on YouTube. I couldn't figure out what was going on. I had COVID. I thought maybe COVID triggered this. I just couldn't figure it out. I bought this necklace online. It's called the Shift Necklace from Camuso. I have a bunch of them. Actually, I give them away on my um, on my subscriber page. for. I have a contest, and I give them away to the kids. And um, you wear it and, it, and it comes with a little packet, and it helps you breathe. So it's all about breathing and breathing through through your nose and your mouth, like slowly. And But I did use it. I did breathe through it. And then eventually it became like, if I put it on, my anxiety wasn't there. So it was like this mental thing. So if I oh, wore wow, it, okay. I took it off. So I didn't really use it as I was supposed to, but it was just like, I used it a little bit. It got better. It got better. I kept it on. So now in the morning, I always put it on because I'm like, if I don't put it on, maybe I'm going to get anxiety, even though it, I probably won't, but I need it. You know, it's there. right? So sure. It's there. It's there if I need it. And it's well, that that's great, man. That that became your comfort, that your comfort blanket, you know, it's your security yeah, blanket. It, it was. It was. For that's sure. awesome. Yeah, so like I, I encourage if you, know, if you have anxiety, check them out. You, know, you can get them online and they're in there. Um, they're, they really do help. You know, if you if you like meditation and breathing and I know I know a couple of friends with some high anxiety. I gotta I gotta suggest that to them. Yeah, yeah. So, how has becoming a father changed your life, and what has it taught you? So, becoming a father was the coolest thing ever. You know, just seeing like your son, like your daughter, like just seeing like another human. I was like, oh my god! And it, I think what it did for me it was like, all right, Jordan, you better uh, get to work here. You got a whole another human to take care of. You know, and they're completely relying on you. I. I think what it did is it put me, so like, I was kind of like a one man kind of, my wife was a nurse. I was an advisor. This whole COVID thing happened. And then when my son was born, it was like, all right, it's just me. My wife's probably not going back to work right now. And I got to, I got to make this happen. And it kind of, it forced me to like get to another level of my life. And that was the coolest part about being a dad, because I said, all right, if I could be I know I could be like the hardest worker, right? I can I can work really hard, but I want to be able to work really hard and be like the the best dad too at the same time. And it was a hard thing to balance. I was always on the road. I was I would leave at nine, come home at nine at night, every night out there doing my thing as an advisor. Wow. But then when COVID came, I would be like, all right, I'll be making calls, doing things virtually, changing my son's diaper, getting being around more. So I started to become like this, like I had like my ear pods in, I was talking to clients take care take care of my son you know i learned how to like balance my life but then i learned how like i had like this like oh it's an emergency 20 when my son was born i mean i i i changed my whole like my whole like business side of my life and really uh really grew if i didn't have my son i don't think i would have had the the courage to go for it or, or maybe the motivation you know to kind of say hey you know risk it all because it's gonna be worth it you know I had sure yeah so your son was that fire he was the fire. Yeah, he was it. Yeah. I owe it to him. So then I can leave it to him one day. <laughs> That's awesome. So Rob and I always talk about uh, COVID being a, a blessing and a curse. 
Um, right. It was a curse, obviously, because you know lot, lots of people died, and and our thoughts and prayers are with them. But also, it was a blessing because my entire family, me, my three daughters, my wife, my mother-in-law, we spent all that time together, twenty-four hours a day in the same house. If it wasn't for COVID. I don't think the bond that my daughters built together or formed together, I don't think it would have ever been there. Right. Because right, it, it was it was nonstop. It was us and our kids. And it was great. It was. You're right. And it, it was, was great. A it was it was it was cool. It was a cool it was scary, but it was it was like you said, it was a blessing, but it was also like, you know, it was it was a Curse. very sad time. But yeah. it was um so what challenges have you faced raising raising Reese? The biggest I know he's only two. Reese, he's only two, but I you know, I think the biggest thing for me is like, all right, when I'm with my son, right, I have to take my brain and say, All right, Jordan, now you're I can't be thinking about my real estate. I can't be thinking about being an advisor. I can't be thinking about my social media. I gotta be with my son one hundred percent. So I think for me, just dealing with ADHD, my brain is always all over the place and it's not like it's not that fun to be inside my head because I can't stop and it's hard and it's hard for me. Like I, I, I really, sometimes like, like tonight, I, maybe I'll get on my bike. I'll just ride my bike, you know, my earphones in the dark. <laughs> just, I want to be able to be present with my son and my wife at the same time. And then I want right. to be able to like, all right, Jordan, now it's game time. Now it's time back to work, you know? So like that was the hard, that's the hardest thing for me still. And I still, I'm working on it, but um, it's taught me to, I wouldn't say I have a balanced life, but it taught it's taught me to like slow down, you know, and like just be slow. Yeah, enjoying That's the it. moment. Just enjoying it. I, I have three kids and my oldest is thirteen and, and and it goes by in a blink of an eye, man. It it enjoy those moments. But that's that's huge where you can acknowledge that, okay. I'm starting to drift, but I'm here with my son and I need to focus and I need to be here with my son. I can't focus on what, what else is going on. I'm here. It's me and my son or it's me and my wife or me and the dogs. We're, we're just hanging. And this is, this is, it's, it's us. It's me time. It's us time. But that's huge, man. Some people can't do that. It's, it's huge. And it's hard. Like sometimes I'll come home late. Like the other night I came home at like 12 o'clock and he was sleeping. Like, and I lay in bed. Like I, and like, like I feel bad. Like I almost feel like guilty. You know, I'm like, oh, like, like and I'm like doing all these other things for all these other kids, right? <laughs> and I'm like I'm going out there, and I feel like I got my own kid. Like he needs me too. So like, but it's a it's 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 hard because I I want to be like everywhere, you know. So so just you touched on it before. Here's the next question. One of the challenges we face as dads is, is the work life balance. How have you been able to effectively balance your time and work with the family? So that's you know. That is the biggest, I'm going to say being a dad, that is the biggest challenge. Let me, let me just, let me go hundred percent. I'll figure it out. Right. And then I promise you, there's going to be a time where I'm, I'm going to be back. Like in this where I'll be back. You know, I always tell her that, but then she's like, Jordan, you've been saying this for 10 years, you know, because I always have something new that I'm doing. And when I tell you, Sal, I'm completely out of my mind. Like I'm up at four in the morning and I'm out of my mind and it's, and it's not easy. So, but it's hard and I, I acknowledge that it's hard and for, especially for what I start doing for everybody. But I really, um, like in the mornings, for example, Sal, I, I go to the gym, I come home and then like what I always make sure I try to, I try to have breakfast with Reese. So like I make him breakfast, we eat breakfast together, we watch some shows, he sits on my lap, 
you know, we hang out, we, we always make hard boiled eggs and I, and I show them how to peel them. And like, we do that, like my wife will do her own thing. And then that, that's like from like seven to, and then I try to pick little times in the middle of the day while I'm running around going crazy. And like, if I can, I'll take it to the pool for like four hours, come home then I'll go back to work. You know, I try to do it, but it's, it's been a challenge, but I've been trying to put, pick pockets in my day where I just put my phone in my shoe and I forget it, you know? You have to, man. That that the the electronics is is the worst. But that that's awesome, man. It's that dedication and it's that drive. You know, four o'clock in the morning. I used to get up at four thirty, so that's that's early for a lot of people. It's it's early, you know, you know that feeling. Four thirty is a different feeling than five o'clock. You know, <laughs> that actually yeah. is big. <laughs> it's huge. It's freaking huge. It's huge at like uh, six o'clock. You're feeling it. Yes, absolutely. So. As as I mentioned in the intro, you, you're the author of the book. I'm just a kid with an IEP. How difficult was it for you to write that book? How long did it take you? And I just couldn't start. Like I just couldn't start start. So then I was like, you know what? I'm going to start. Um, so I get up early. And when I used to go to therapists back in the day, they used to say Jordan works really well in the morning. Right? I remember my mom telling me that. So all my classes were that was in the morning. I was really focused. And as the day went on, I was I was not focused. So I said, all right, before I go to the gym, I'm going to wake up and I'm going to write a paragraph or two sentences or whatever, right? So I would wake up every day and just wrote like paragraph, whatever I had. And I, and I did that for two years straight. And then after I wrote it, like my, my spelling's very bad. My grammar is not good. Like I write run on sense. I never would know where to put periods, commas. I have no idea. I just keep writing and there's nothing in there, right? So I'm like, oh my God, now I got this whole book I wrote and um, <laughs> I don't even know if this makes any sense, right? But I didn't want a ghostwriter, you know, because most people write books, they have ghostwriters. So they sit there right. and, like you, like you'll be writing and I would tell you the story, write it the way I wanted to write it. And because I wanted to make sure that every kid can relate to it. So like when, if you ever read it or your daughter reads it, like you will, you will, she'll relate to it. She'll know exactly what I'm saying because I, I know exactly what, what anyone's going through with an IEP in school and middle school and high school. So I wrote it perfectly that way, but it was really hard to get the words, you know, from my, from my brain to the paper, but it was worth it. You know, I got it done and it, it, it was worth it. it That's it, great, man. It, it, the, the book is proof that, that you, you work through it and, and you fought through all the challenges. That That's amazing. That's, That's it, tremendous. Man. That's it. So now on to our rapid, uh, Rad Dad's rapid fire round. So right. he, first question is favorite book. I'd say the one I wrote. <laughs> That's hey. my own book. Favorite food. Favorite food. I like a nice filet mignon. Favorite sports team. Favorite sports team. So I'm not a huge sports guy, but I I'm, I used to wrestle, so I, I like college wrestling, and I, I'm a I'm a Rutgers uh, Rutgers college wrestling fan. I would say that's my favorite team. I'm, no WWE. <laughs> no WWE. That, that that was when I was a kid. I I, I I still like that, but that was my first love. Me too. Uh, favorite dad moment. Favorite dad moment? I think that my favorite dad moment was probably the first time I saw Reese walk right in front of me. It was pretty cool. Here's 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 all dad stumper. Best dad joke. Best dad joke. So the, the best dad joke I'd say is um, you know what? I don't know. Best dad joke. I don't know. I don't know if I have all a right. joke. <laughs> Oh, good. I like I said, that, that's, that's the stumper. That's the stumper. So, um, so can, before we go, can you tell all our listeners, one, where they can find your book and all your social media uh, uh, outlets? 
Yes, you can find my book on Amazon, uh, or you could just search on Google. I'm just here with an IEP book, and it's all over the place, all over online. Um, you can find me on TikTok. I'm just here with an IEP. Facebook is I'm just a kid with an IEP LLC. And then Instagram is you just type my name, Jordan Toma, J-O-R-D-A-N-T-O-M-A. If you live with, within two hours right now, I'm driving to you and I'm delivering the book to your house. Well, that's, that's awesome. That, on right now. That's huge. If, guys, if you haven't seen them yet, go check them out on, uh, on Instagram, uh, Facebook and TikTok. Uh, watch some of his inspirational videos. Watch them with your kids. They're just amazing. An amazing message. Uh, definitely. Pick up his book. We're going to have all this information in the, in the notes of the show. So one one last question, because we ask all dads. If you can impart a word of wisdom to other fathers, what would it be? I would say to other fathers, I would say, um, you know, uh, I would say if you're if you're if you're a new father, I would say don't worry. You know, I, I believe every father when they when they have their their child, they, they rise to the occasion. I, I think you're you're stronger and more powerful than you even have any idea i would say don't worry you know everything will work out your your child will put put your mind in the right spot where you rise to the occasion awesome jordan it was uh it was a pleasure meeting you thanks for coming on likewise um i hope we can uh do this again in the future maybe talk about some of your other uh of the your other uh, businesses yeah for sure i love it but jordan toma uh, uh, author of I'm Just a Kid with an IEP. Go check it out on Amazon. Buy the book on Amazon. Go look him up on Instagram, TikTok, um, and the, Facebook. I did miss one. Facebook. Jordan, thank you very much. It's a pleasure having you on. My pleasure. Thank you. Thank you.